is an excellent one about time and prioritizing how do you know how do you use wisdom to discern where to serve what to work in sorry did that make sense is that a badly worded question am I fired from the panel (laughs) I'm trying to paraphrase two different questions into the one how do you prioritize with lots of different things people to serve Mm-hmm. Regardless of your stage of life or mm-hmm. whatever, but just prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talk to them. <laughs> Lucky middle. Um, how do you prioritize who you serve? Um, good question. <laughs> I think obviously everything you want to take back to what does the Bible say? So I think if you are married and have a family, then obviously our priorities are first and foremost our relationship with Jesus. Second, our husbands. And third, our children. And then anyone else comes after that. So we need to make sure we've got those priorities in place first. And the same if you um, are not married with kids. I think, obviously, the relationship with Jesus is still paramount. Like God's family, the people that you are um, in community and church with, in your gospel communities, they're obvious people that he's put you around. So, obviously, you've got your biological families that um, if you live close to them. Um, so, for me, I tend to start with the biblical priorities of um, Jesus, my husband, my children, and then who's next. So in terms of the unpaid service, obviously within a work environment, it's different again. So, mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, would you add anything to that? No, like I think, I think that's it. I think it's going back to the Bible and what's God's priority for our work and our use of time. Um, and I think you've sum- summarised that beautifully. I think um, having worked until you know my mid-30s being single, um, you don't have a husband and you don't have um, children, but you still have family. You still have, ultimately, like Em said, Jesus is your first priority and he's placed us within the context of a local church. And so we serve and use our gifts for his glory within that context of um, a local tr- church. Um, and with wisdom and with prayer and who we serve in in one stage of life might then look different um, to the next stage of life. Um, you know, fr- the nature of friendships, the nature of people within our context does change, um, but we look for those opportunities um, to serve so that God's yeah. name may be magnified. Yeah. One thing I actually left that Michelle said to me the other day, which I've started doing since then, um, she says when she wakes up in the morning, she prays, like, oh, these are my plans for the day, but if yours are different, show me. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is great because God will bring people into your path that mm-hmm. he wants you to serve whether that be in a work environment whether that be in a home environment church environment and it might be different to um, to who you thought a, a very small example for me was a few years ago where this one person I was really seeking to reach out to as an evangelism I was trying really hard and then um, it wasn't really getting anywhere and then um, God brought Andrew across my path and I was just a bit like oh yeah I guess I'll just give her a leaflet to the kids club too <laughs> you know but not really she wasn't my focus sorry Andrew <laughs> um, all I have to say she was God's focus at the time and it was actually Ange who God um, built in that relationship with more so than the other person And so just that use that example is just be open to where God is leading you where he's opening doors yeah. mm-hmm. Great. I'll just add to that as well um, I think 
it's good. Like I think, yeah. So God, Jesus says, like, love God and love your neighbor. So like, love Jesus first, and then your neighbor. And that you need to know which neighbor and which people God is calling you to. Um, and I think it's also important to reassess because seasons change. And Simon and I, and my husband and I, Simon, we're prone to saying yes to a lot of things. So we've tried to get into a habit of every couple of months stopping and going, okay, how's our relationship with God? How's our marriage? How are the kids? How are they, you know, like sort of reassessing, like do we need to stop something? Do we need to pick something back up? Mm. So just kind of always thinking through mm. what's it looking like now. Mm. I think um, your answer probably ties into this, but if, you know, maybe expand on that a bit more as to um, if you are a mum, uh, when is it appropriate to work outside the home again, perhaps going back to paid employment? When is that a selfish desire? When is it okay? Is there a right or wrong answer? Uh, I think. Um, I think. I think um, the heart can be focused on self working in the home or working in an office. Mm-hmm. So the heart disposition is something that you need to bottom out. Um, if you're considering work in whatever sphere you're going into. Um, I think for me, so I have young children, but I also do bits of paid work in a university. Um, I, it is that hard thing. You always have to question, well, why am I doing this? What is my first calling? I feel, I personally feel convicted that my children are my calling to, to love them and to show them who God is. But then if I have... Um, time and capacity, then I, I can go and do these other things that God is also, you know, I can co-labor with him in those areas as well. But it's definitely something that you and your husband have to be having a conversation about. It's really complex and nuanced depending on your season, depending on what your husband's doing for work, depending on, you know, so I think um, follow his lead. Often Simon and I, we've had many incidences where we're like, this isn't working, something needs to stop. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. I think um, one thing I would say, because I often hear, whether it be directly or through the grapevine, Sovereign Grace thinks women with young kids shouldn't work. Sovereign Grace does not think women with young kids shouldn't work. Sovereign Grace <laughs> thinks that the Bible teaches that our children should be our priority. And if you can um, com- do that and work outside the home, then that's great. Mm. Like I think Michelle does a great job of balancing the two. I've looked at different points at going back to work, one being early this year, where I actually um, started the Teacher's Aid course with the view to going back to work. But... Um, for our family, after a few months, what we realised was the wheels were coming off, the house was chaotic because I was spending three or four days a week trying to do this study. Dave was travelling more, so we sought outside counsel from the um, core team and, and different friends, and it just seemed to us that God was closing the door on that, but it probably wasn't what he had for me right now, which was fine. And the amazing thing in that, just as a short testimony, was obviously it was with the desire to provide some extra money for the house. Um, and within a month or so of, of um, pulling the plug on the course, um, Savannah got reassessed as having more needs. So Savannah is one of our foster kids, for those that don't know me. Um, and so our, our pay for Savannah went up. And then also Dave got um, a, a slight increase for doing his international work. So the, kind of the money that I was seeking to make for our home was actually covered by different means. So just seeing God's faithfulness to us in that. But all that to say, I think, as Michelle said, it is individual to different situations. Like my biggest reason, obviously, was with Dave travelling. It was just like things weren't, weren't working and the house was chaotic and you know we've got five kids two of them are fostered which means more meetings and more medical appointments 
So you can't look at one person and think, oh, well, they do that, so that's what I should do. You've got to assess each individual situation. But with the priority of we are called to train our children in the way they should go. So we've got to make sure we're doing that. If, you, if you're doing that, which I think Michelle does a great job of, and I think there are kids that would take care three days a week or something. So I think she does a great job. So we definitely do not say women should not work. So if you ever hear anyone say that, squash it. <laughs> so, Janelle, what do you think? I think, um, so I will just share testimonially. Um, I love work. and So I'm a deputy principal. I love my role. And it was where I wanted to be. And I'm thankful to God for that. However, God has blessed me with children. And I know that I could not do both well. Um, I am task orientated. And I am driven. Um, and, you know, I have to evaluate my heart and my simple desires in that. However, I know that in trying to do work and trying to be a mother something would have to give and because I'm so task-orientated, home would give. Um, and so and so for me um, and for Ollie, um, it is um, our decision that I stay at home with our girls and that is my work um, for the time being and I trust God with the future and it may never be to return to work, it may be to return to work in some capacity. But, um, you know, for us right, right now at this point in time, um, being at home with our girls full-time is the work that we love that God's called me to be. So I think it's asking yourself those questions. Why am I returning to work? Um, it's, it's having those conversations with your husband um, and like Michelle said, trusting his leadership. It's bringing other people in. So your life group leaders or trusted friends, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Um, and there's nothing sinful about the desire to return to work. However, there could be sin within that desire in the same way staying home. Um, so what's the motivation for returning to work um, is something really helpful um, to work through with those people, I would say. Yeah. Do you think it's um, sinful to be ambitious in your workplace, outside of the home particularly, regardless, single, married, with kids, without? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to draw that straw? I wouldn't call myself ambitious. I would. Um, I really do. I love. Not in a bad way, just that. Like, as in, I, I, I really enjoy making decisions, thinking big picture, working out how do we make that happen. Um, how do we work with people to train and bring them alongside to work towards that vision? Like, I, I, I really love it. Um, and so, yes, I'm ambitious. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything sinful about having to, being the owner of your own company, or I have a husband who does that, um, but or um, being in management positions. However, I think the sin comes in our identity. And so do we find our identity in those positions? Do we find our identity and our joy and our fulfilment in in those positions? Um, and so I think that's where the, ch- the challenge can come. Um, and that's where we have to check our heart and invite people in. And, and I think the other danger can also be, how does it affect my time? Um, so if we're single, 
does it still give me opportunities to serve the, the local church? Does my, my job and my role still give me opportunities to serve my, my family and that, you know, my extended family? Does it give me opportunities to love my neighbour? Um, and I think, too, if you are married and you can be married in a, in a um, position of leadership... Is my husband still my? Is Jesus still my first priority? But is my husband still my first priority? Are my children still my first priority? Or is the leadership role taking up too much of my time and my brain power? So you may not be in work physically, but you are still cognitively thinking about work, which then can take you away from the focus on your family. So I would say no, there is nothing sinful. But Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And so in our roles, um, are we seeking to serve or be served because of the position that we're in? Mm. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say on that, um, I don't think ambition's a bad thing. I think sometimes we think it is because it's so closely aligned with self, like we are ambitious for self, so it's like... Don't touch it. But I actually think like we are ambitious because we are creatures made with eternity in our hearts like we like god has made us in such a way to want more than what the world offers but we just need to like direct that ambition for him like so be ambitious for his kingdom not our kingdom um so i think if you're ambitious for god and for his kingdom and for what he wants to do in this world then yeah, you might go and work in leadership roles, and or you might not, and that's okay because you're ambitious for him and what he's doing. Yeah. We're living into his story, not yeah. our own. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think following on for that in terms of being ambitious for him and what he's doing, I just think one thing we find helpful in our house is just to have our non-negotiables in place in terms of things that we're not going to bend on, which is for us Sunday mornings. Now I know obviously some jobs, like some jobs require shift work, and that's different. But Sunday mornings, being you know maintaining the fellowship in terms of going to gospel community um, and different things. It's, when we've got those things in place, so our relationship with the Lord, then we work in, okay, what can we do outside that? And I think the ambition fits into that. If it's going to take you so that, you know, even just for six months, I just might miss every other Sunday, but it's only for six months. I, I just have a question about whether that's that's going to be a good thing. But I think it does come down to, like we talked about heart motives, which I think is similar to going back to the last question in terms of when do I go back to work? Again, I don't have any problem with people going back to work. But sometimes you hear the statement, oh, I could just never be a stay-at-home mum. And particularly when it's followed with, I have to use my brain. <laughs> we try not to be offended by that statement. <laughs> but all that to say, I don't think going back to work just because you can't handle being in the house with your kids is a, is a good motive. Um, I think there are good motives for going back to work. And I do hope that us, all mums, whether you be stay-at-home or out of work, are using our brains. Because, to be honest, to train your children in the way that they should go, to influence with the gospel, requires you using your brain. So um, just to put that out there, because I do hear it come back sometimes through different <laughs> different avenues, it, it does come back to our heart, mo- heart motives and why we wanted to do what we do, whether that be ambition, whether it be working outside the home. Just and, and pull people in. You know, the Bible says victory's made sure, and then make so many counselors. You know, our hearts are deceitful. We're going to be able to convince ourselves that things are good things if they're what we really want. So just to keep pulling people in on these questions. Another yeah. text. Um, how would you encourage ladies who might be disagreeing with their husband on work outside the home, whether their husband wants them to go to work but they don't really want to, or 
they're they really want to work and or take a promotion or do more work and their husband doesn't want them to uh, particularly perhaps uh, both for those who are Christian husbands but also for those who aren't so they're not necessarily going to be looking at it from let's pray together yeah. about it kind of scenario yeah that's a great question thank you whoever <laughs> I my heart goes out to you um, I think first and foremost I think praying would be my first advice praying Praying for yourself, praying for your husband, praying for unity. Um, whether that be because you have a non-Christian husband, you can still have unity um, despite them not being Christian, or you do have a believing um, husband. I think praying. And um, I think secondly, if you are disagreeing and you've talked about it for a while and you can't come to agreement, seek counsel. I think you need to have other people speak in. Um, and if your husband's not wanting to seek counsel, again, pray that God would change his heart so that you could um, meet up with a couple that you trust. My suggestion is your life group leaders um, or a pastor. You, you might actually require one of the pastoral team um, to meet with you depending on how difficult your situation is. But um, my counsel would be um, bring others in. We're made for community. Um, and there might be something that either of you are missing and not seeing. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I think just, I think unity is the big thing. Try and view your marriage as a union, not as two individuals doing their own thing, working here, working there. Because I think when you start, because that's our culture, our culture is like individualistic. What's your individual thing? But I think what God says is like, no, a marriage is a union. So if one person's working and then that's what your family is putting that time towards. So if one person's caring for children, then it doesn't mean the other person's not. Like, it's a, it's a team sort of thing. So I think praying for unity in those decisions, like what should we do, which might involve one person doing that, but what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And I think, again, just talking into those people that are not married to Christians, which is really tough, um, God is still faithful in that, and God still hears your prayers. And God can change an unbeliever's heart as so much as you can change a believer's heart. So just to encourage you um, towards God in that, because I know you might feel, well, I can't really go speak to somebody because, you know, you can personally, but your husband might not be willing to go with you or willing to answer into that. But just to encourage you that God is over your husband, and he's, you know, he can change your heart, he can change your husband's heart. So just, as Janelle said, just pray. That's great. Um, so what about for um, people, how would you encourage ladies who are in difficult situations where they don't necessarily want to work but they have to through financial pressures, whether it's disabilities, health challenges, being a single mom, mm-hmm. all different scenarios, how would you counsel them? What would you do to encourage them? <laughs> I would say first and foremost that your situation isn't a, pri- a surprise to God like God knows um, your situation so if you are in a position of having to work whether that be full time or whatever um, then God's grace will be there for that and his grace is there for your kids and he is faithful so I certainly wouldn't be panicking if you think oh gosh I'm, you know, I've got to work full time but I'd rather be at home with my kids or, or whatever um, if you are in a position where you are married and, and, and that's still the case, you can definitely look at other things you could cut back on, like sacrifices you could make if you really don't want to work outside the home. Um, that can definitely be an option and things we've done at different times. But um, 
yeah, carry on with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> and I think trusting God with the unknown, we don't know how long that particular season will last. Mm. Like, like Em said, you know, they made a decision based on what they saw at that particular time, yet in trusting God with the next step, God then provides um, through other means that were quite unexpected. Um, so I think... A, have people who can encourage you, um, who can bear your burdens, um, who can cry with you when you need to cry, um, who can, you know, carry your arms when you need carrying, metaphorically. Um, so, so I think surround yourself with community. Trust God with the unknown um, because it might be a month that you need to return to work. Unfortunately, it might be for the rest of your life um, that you have to work. Um, but I think, um, and, and give him your desires. He knows the cries of your heart. Um, so keep trusting with with um, him with those and and yeah, don't lose the faith. because um, God is faithful. Yeah. And I think for many of us, not all of us, because some of us have hard circumstances, but even the choice to work or not work is a very rich Western choice. Like there's many parts of the world where it's there is no like you do the hand to mouth, we just they just work. Like yeah. so I think um, Inviting people in to say these are our so so for instance Simon and I like many of us have mortgages cars like there's choices we've made that position us in a certain way so we recently invited Nick Gordon to look at our budget and it was such a blessing to us so just inviting people and going this is what we like this is the decisions we've made where can we move and what wisdom do you have I think God's wisdom for us is found in our church family sometimes as well. How are we going for time? Uh, we have about five minutes, Max. Okay. Um, how about for those ladies who um, they don't have a husband, they live at home, so it's not their own home to mm-hmm. show hospitality to, um, they may or may not be working outside the home, but how, you know, Titus 2 talks about having a home for your home, whatever personally that looks like, how would you encourage those ladies they still want to have a heart towards their home, but it's not in the context of husband and kids or their own dwelling that's theirs to freely um, show hospitality or work in or out the home. Mm. What'd you say? Um, I think I think sometimes we've got to remember that home in the Bible isn't necessarily the home we currently have, um, in the sense of when the Industrial Revolution happened, the home became a place of consumption. But prior to that, it was actually a place of industry and work, and, and there was no dualism between work and home, like they were together. So when we think of home, and when God tells women, work in the home, have a heart for home, it is a place of hospitality and serving others, but it's also a place of industry and work. And so it's about saying, you know what, I don't own a home or I don't have a home, but I can go and buy a coffee for that person and sit with them and show them hospitality through that way. Or I can get alongside that person and help them through working through this. And that is still God's call on your life, even if you don't necessarily have the 50s home housewife look, you know, because that's not biblical. That's another culture, cultural reform. The biblical mandate is is what we see in Proverbs 31 woman like it's multifaceted for each of us mm-hmm. so yeah mm-hmm. that's great great would you add anything to that she's good <laughs> 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 okay we probably have time for one more question one more. Yeah. um 
how, in light of, you know, obviously the world's voice speaks very loudly, not just to us as women, but for those of us who have children, it's being very loud to our children as well. And mm. so how do we um, impart that different way of viewing work as they grow up, um, particularly perhaps daughters um, mm. in a feministic culture that we live in that mm. says women can rule the world and do anything mm. boys can do and better. Um, how do we differently train them in that? I think one for me, one thing I found helpful with my girls is I do get one-on-one time with them every other week. I do a breakfast with one every Monday morning and I definitely try and use that as a discipleship time. And um, particularly um, in all the different things, but um, one thing I'm looking at in particular was it's just biblical womanhood because I just read an article recently and they're like, if we're not teaching our daughters this, they're not going to hear it from anywhere else. And I was like, wow, yeah, they're not just going to pick it up just because... You know, I might live it out in the home, they might see an example, but you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to affect their mind the way they're thinking. So I was just personally challenged in that and looking for a book actually to go through with Amy, just on beautiful womanhood. But in, t- in terms of, I think work is, is covered in that too. And like one thing, like obviously Amy's year 10 now, she's starting to think about uni and what, and what she might want to do. And it's just that I would encourage her to do, do what you want to do in that sense. But whatever you do, do it with a heart. If, if God calls you to lay this down one day, that you will be willing to do that. He may not. You may not um, be called to have a family, be married, and you may be called to provide for yourself, which is great to be trained to be able to do that. But you also may be in a position where one day you may be called to have kids and for a period of time or for a longer time, you may be called to lay that down. So it's just trying to build that into, so it's not a shock for them when they become older. You know, it's a natural thing. Oh, yep, yeah, you know, I find that easy because that's the way I've been trained and taught. Yeah. So I think it's just made, made as parents and as mothers in particular, teenage daughters or from a younger age, you know, we are called to train our kids. Training doesn't stop when they hit school. I think sometimes we think they hit five and they go to school and you know our, our roles are done. I think in many ways I spend more time talking to my kids and training my kids now in the teenage years than I did when they were younger. Just because the issues get bigger and, and you know the topics they're coming home with and they're hearing at school and different things. We want to make sure we are providing that time to talk to our kids and to train them and to open the Bible with them. And there's so many good materials out there to help us with that. So I didn't just encourage you to get hold of those things and and use them. And trust God that he has given you your kids. So, you know, your daughters, your sons, he will gift you, he will train he will give you what you need to train them. I think what I try and do with my girls, because this is something that like I think about a bit with them, is um <clears throat> try and like get rid of that whole work life balance because it's not a lie, like everything is work. Mm. So you, you work mm-hmm. in, in multiple spheres. But I think um, sometimes it's easy to condemn culture or to curate culture or copy culture, but I think what I'm trying to do is like create something new, like create a culture where Jesus, like even though they might hear these messages, Jesus looks heaps better than that, like, you know, or that looks more attractive or living into that. Um, because I think sometimes you can say, oh, the, all the world's evil, but like God actually like, weaves himself through a lot of things in the world so you know rather than throwing feminism out it's been like isn't it great that god used that in order for women to be able to be seen as people or whatever but you know then there's stuff that oh that's probably not good because that's sin isn't it you know like it's sort of helping them analyze that but then going and jesus did this so making that really attractive Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you to those who helped with the brekkie. And Em, do you want to just close us? Sure. Praying. Thank you, Lord, for the morning. Yes.
Lord, we do thank you um, for this morning, this time together. Lord, we thank you for Michelle and the, the gift she is to us, Father, as this lady. So we thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that for each one of us here today that we will leave feeling encouraged, Lord, not condemned, but Lord, encouraged and challenged to continue to, to work, whether that be in paid employment or at home or whichever sphere we're in, Lord, just continue to work all through life for your glory and to co-labour with you, Lord, in, in um, renewing this world in the way you designed it, Father. Amen. Amen. Amen.